All right, good afternoon, and welcome to Spectator Diff, a brand new podcast from the most underpaid spectators in Overwatch, probably. Uh, my name is Brad, this is Matt, and we have decided to start a podcast to break down professional Overwatch, uh, because we have opinions, and gosh darn it, somebody needs to hear them. Um, so we'll be focusing largely on Overwatch League, cont- and sorry, Overwatch League and contenders, uh, so, you know, let's dive into it, who knows what this season will bring. Let's start with, uh, let's just introduce ourselves a little bit, shall we? <laughs> um, Somebody didn't read the show notes before we started. I read the show notes. I sight read. I'm a musician, so that's that's what we do. <laughs> we do it live. Fuck it. Uh, so, um, Matt, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are. Let's introduce ourselves. Take it away. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, so this is not my first podcast. If you want to hear me talk about games and stuff. Uh, and maybe make you laugh or cry. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, check that out. I have another podcast called Debate This, and you can find us everywhere at Debate This Cast. I'm on the internet at MC underscore DJ underscore MC, and I have opinions about Overwatch because, boy, when the pandemic hit, did I need sports to watch, and there weren't no real sports, and I started watching eSports, and now I'm addicted to Overwatch League. And so all of the energy that I had for three years of hockey in the NHL got poured into Overwatch League, and now you losers are stuck with me. Welcome to my hell. This is my Overwatch League podcast. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, and I am Brad. Uh, if if you have recognized me on the internet before, it is because I have another YouTube channel uh, uh, by the name of Last Call Gaming, um, which was very active for the better part of a year and a half, um, is currently on hiatus, which is why I'm here doing this. Uh, if you're into Apex Legends, that is probably how you know me. Um, but before Apex Legends, I was very big into Overwatch. Still am, because now that Overwatch 2 is on the horizon, I am simping hard for this game. Um... So yeah, if you want to go check that out, uh, it it will be back. It's going to be something else. It's probably going to be Overwatch theme not too long in the future because, good lord, yeah. I am so tired, so tired of Apex. Um, but that is for another day. Uh, but without further ado, you, I mean, you can find that at Last Call Gaming just about anywhere, and it is Last Call Gaming on YouTube. So on the other side of this podcast. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's break down how this is going to work. Each week, date and time to be specified, looking at Mondays, we'll see. Um, we're going to be here to discuss Overwatch eSports. So that is, for right now, going to be focused on the main league games, the professional uh, big wigs. And uh, when we're not doing that, we're going to be talking about Contenders. As it turns out, because Overwatch is particularly bad at marketing, Contenders has been going on in the background while this tournament, this past midseason tournament, was going on. Um, the Path to Pro is going on right now, so... Our uh, our homework wasn't fully done when we started this. I learned all of this this morning. So probably next week we'll have a little bit of that to talk about. And um, yeah, you can catch our streams live here on YouTube. This one, uh, YouTube kind of got a hold of us and said, no, you have to wait. So uh, the next one will be live. But if you're watching this, uh, we recorded this day of and it'll be posted later uh, in the evening today. But you can catch us here live when we record this, and uh, you'll get the full cut before it goes on wherever you consume your audio. Um, let's see. Read show notes. Read show notes. Uh, berate Matt. Um, yeah. You got it. You're getting there. So if you, yeah, so if you like what you see here, 
be sure to like this video first of all that really helps us throw us a little sub uh maybe leave a comment if we like your comments we will you know leave them a like and maybe we'll respond to some of them if uh you know if they're particularly bad takes and we want to you know say what say what we feel about them <laughs> so let's get into some headlines because mid-season madness is done la gladiators have won back to back now let's talk about it are they the best team in the league I have a really hard time saying that anybody other than the LA Gladiators are the best team in the league right now. Straight up, going into this tournament, I know that there was a lot of hype for Soul Dynasty, and yeah, that went well. I think that Shock has the potential to be a better team than LA. I don't think they're as consistent or as well-disciplined as LA, and I think that makes LA the best team in the league. I don't think anybody from APAC even holds a candle to LA. Although we didn't see that. Did they play a single APAC team in the tournament? I don't think they did. The Spark. I think they played the Spark. Okay, so they played Spark, who certainly aren't Shanghai or Dynasty, but did about as well as Shanghai and Dynasty did in midseason. So, yeah. I think LA is the best team in the league. I'm gonna fact check myself really quickly because I am not uh, I'm not 100 percent on um, who they played. It was either the Spark or Philadelphia or both. But while I'm looking this up, um, I will go on to say I I am inclined to agree with you to a point. But I stand by what I said the other day when we were not when we we're not doing this live. Um, I. I, I am as much of a simp as I am for San Francisco Shock. I'm going to say that they're the best team in the league. I am absolutely going to say that. I'm going to say that by the end of this season, and now this is on video on the internet, so I cannot take it back. Um, it's real now. Yeah, it's real now. Uh, I I am fully inclined to say that the, that the San Francisco Shock is actually the best team in the league despite having not won the last two tournaments, which is a ludicrous thing. Um, and as I say that, the fact check is now in. They did play the Spark, and then they did ultimately not play Philadelphia because Philadelphia lost to Atlanta. But they did play the Spark, so I was right to begin with. That's all cleared up. I'm going to keep this bracket up because I'm probably going to need to reference that again at some point. Yeah, I should pull um, that too. But anyway, Shock, arguably, I mean, it is arguable that they're the best team in the league. They are if nothing else, hand-in-hand hand with Los Angeles. These two are in a league of their own. Very clearly, no one can touch them. They scrim together. They are constantly... This was the first time in the league that we have seen two teams really show, like, adaptation within the game towards each other. It was it was an active, like, back-and-forth with the coaches. You could see, all of a sudden, we're going to try... You know, they're expecting this. We're going to throw them with this. And for better or for worse... That's what we got. We don't get that very often, especially because it's so one-sided most of the time. You know, APAC's barely even in the conversation. We now have confirmation that uh, APAC is the, the lesser of the regions. We know we effectively know why that is. But ultimately, I think these two teams, if nothing else, are, are neck and neck. They both won one game this tournament versus the other. And it wasn't... It wasn't 
decisive, shall we say. It was as close as I think it was going to be. Shock have a tendency to outplay themselves, and that certainly showed its ugly head in the grand finals. But they have the formula. That's the thing. They have the formula. They're 12-0. and 0. I expect their success to continue. I don't know if the upcoming meta will change their, uh, their undefeated in the regular season record, but you can't take away from the fact that Proper is probably the best rookie that we have. Kaluj and Mikey are are about as solid of tanks as you can get, and I do think that on on LA's side, Reiner, for as as much uh, trash as he talks, is getting close to being diffed on that front. He is de- he does his job well, but I think tank for tank, he's probably he's still top five, but he's not top three. So yeah, I mean, I I definitely see the argument that like. Shock has game for sure. Shock could absolutely be the best team in the league. I think the question is, are we talking best team in the league right now or the potential? Because I think that San Francisco's max potential is way above LA's. But I think where they're hitting right now is not where LA is. I mean, look at, okay, so like, let's look at the bracket, right? And let's talk about how these teams got to grand finals. So, first round they play which is winners two san francisco drops a match to drops a map to london fair gladiators blanked houston also fair next game san francisco blank shanghai gladiators drop two maps to the spark which feels a little excessive next map or next match is when gladiators lose to San Francisco and get knocked down to the losers bracket. So there I think we see the potential for the shock to be the best team without question. But then you take gladiators, you send them to the losers bracket. They only drop one map to Atlanta who's won their way through the losers bracket. And then gladiators puts up uh, grand finals four to two on San Francisco. I think right now, gladiators are just a better team and i think a lot of that has to do with experience i mean if you look at the roster like rookies wise la is really only running patafan and reiner as rookies because you've got chew skewed and funny astro in the back line which is the veteran back line of the league you've got space and tank if you need him and you've got freaking kevster who is a a nutcase and (laughs) i would argue one of the most versatile like top three most versatile dps in the league on the san francisco roster really your only return is violet (laughs) and violet hasn't looked great this year i totally agree proper is the best rookie in the league proper is top rookie no no question to me whatsoever I think that Kaluj is starting to look really, really good. I think he's one phase away from being, you know, number one tank in the league for sure. Mikey, I'm less impressed with. I know you don't love Sam. <laughs> and, you know, like, Kilo has games that he pops off. He also has games that he's really quiet, which for a hit scan specialist is not surprising. But when you're tracer specialist is popping off and you either have to play your flex guy who isn't great and off angles and feeds a bunch in sam or your hit scan specialist who's really hot and cold 
you're kind of locked. So I think that San Francisco definitely could be the best team in the league. I don't think they are right now. I will. I'll humor that to a point because I think that LA's biggest win condition right now is actually Funny Astro. The most success that they had in this tournament was any time he was in the lineup. I, I, I'm actually going to reference that that uh, Spark game because it did go to five. That was when I looked at uh, the Gladiators and I thought, I don't think this is their tournament because they're looking significantly less dominant than, uh, than they have for the majority of the season thus far. And and what I found, what I realized, look, looking back at the match, it was it's funny Astro every single time when he it's a funny Astro diff, and I will one hundred I will absolutely submit to the fact that LA's uh, support line is far superior to Shocks. Um, I don't know what I, I don't know what the situation is there. I think in these three weeks, I really hope that they bring on someone else to you know support the support line. Um, yeah. But right now, the the, the Violet and Finn combo is not quite cutting it. They find themselves separated in the weirdest possible ways, <clears throat> and they are completely and, and utterly <laughs> held up by, uh, a lot of times, by Kaluja's play and by Proper's. Um, in terms of DPS, we're about to find out exactly how flexible Proper is, because I don't think the next meta is going to be as tracer-heavy. Um, there's a truck in the background that's going to translate. Oh, well. Um, there's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see as much Tracer in the next in the next uh, stage. So we'll find out. We know he's very, very good on the Sojourn. He popped off on uh, Circuit Royale versus, I believe, um, the, I believe it was the Dragons that he, or no, no, it was the first, it was the first Gladiators game on Circuit Royale. Yeah. He popped off on the Sojourn. And, and Kilo, I want to see more from. I think Sam is kind of mid. I am very vocal about that. You know, very I, I gripe about it all the time. He's a great player, but he's he plays like a rookie. And and I do think that that is the biggest difference between Shock and LA is it's the rookie difference versus the veteran difference. Gladiators are what at least sixty percent, uh, at least sixty percent um, veterans at this point. So great. So this is this this is my life now. I just live in noise in the background. Um, <laughs> But but yes, I I will I I, I want to admit like I want to say very clearly I'm not married to the idea that that the shock are 100 percent without doubt the best team in the league I it is it is neck and neck more or less with gladiators it depends on who shows up that day um, ultimately ultimately I I still think that long term they will prove themselves to be the superior team because the other thing that we're finding out is as this season progresses and as Overwatch two progresses. In Overwatch 2, these rookies are having an advantage because they haven't su they haven't suffered six years of the pro league uh, 6v6 meta. They're adapting yeah. a lot faster than a lot of the veterans are to the 5v5 lineup. They're, they're finding new ways and, and new carry potential that wasn't there before. So going forward, we're going to see. We're going to see. I still simp for the shock. That's, that's, my, own, that's my own personal qualms. But... I, I really do think, you know, LA, congratulations to them because good lord, what what a what a win, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, so we talked about LA winning midseason madness, but I think as a whole, we all lost midseason madness. And what I mean by that is like uh, there's been a lot of talk that this was the best tournament play wise that we've gotten in Overwatch 2. 
there's only been two tournaments in Overwatch 2. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, and I, I don't think that all of the games were bad. However, this global tournament thing seemed like a shit show. Um, and since I'm live and on the internet and it lives in prosperity, hey, I'm not really that cool with Overwatch League going to Hawaii when everybody in Hawaii is saying, please don't come to Hawaii right now. <laughs> um, I don't love that. I also don't love that, like, man, we're making London fly to Hawaii to play on 100 ping against Philadelphia. Like, it just... Obviously, I know Philadelphia is not based in Philadelphia, but this whole we have to force global tournaments, we have to make the West bend the knee to travel to Hawaii to have this limited playtime. Like, honestly, I'm surprised that APAC didn't look better in this tournament because they were playing from home. And sure, you're playing at weird times, but like, I would rather be sitting at my own computer at four in the morning than being in a hotel at 8 p.m., you know? So I think that this global tournament did not have the same excitement that Kickoff Clash did. Kickoff Clash in Dallas Live was a lot of fun. Mid-season madness in Hawaii was mid at best. And I would rather them put on a really fun digital tournament and maybe you keep the division separate then see them try to force another global tournament i'm curious what your thoughts are i mean i i, I am inclined to agree with you again i this was a this was an objectively good tournament across the board um that being said i don't understand the logic behind only flying na to hawaii to play on 100 ping and not bringing the APAC teams also to Hawaii to play on less ping. Because, um, I, I mean, at least from a game perspective, with Overwatch and ping, at, at about 80 milliseconds is when you start to notice it. 100 is not much worse, and it's not unplayable by any means, but, like, this is a multi-million dollar company and a multi-million dollar, like, oh, esports industry. I don't understand why the APAC teams didn't also come to Hawaii to play the game so that everybody's on equal footing entirely. Um, I, I'd wager there are probably some, uh, some pandemic protocols that are getting in the way of that, probably specifically with China um, and the Chinese teams. I'm not 100% certain on that, but I would wager that's kind of where that all fell apart. Um, with that being said, though, I don't know why we are keeping these... Uh, why we're keeping these regions separate at this point like the city thing it is such a like blatant like mimic of professional sports which from the beginning of an esport makes somewhat sense but nowadays we're, we're it's separated to the point where these these regions are just not even close everybody was so hype on on apac being the best region and then they just got spit on like Unfortunately, Philadelphia of all of all teams made it through the bracket. Nobody was expecting that. Everybody was hype on Soul. Di Hell, I was hype on Soul Dynasty. Um, yeah. With which being said, like I still think they're a great team, but that none of these teams hold even a candle to NA, and they don't scrim together at much, if at all, which cannot help these metas. APAC shows up with weirder versions of the NA meta, and then it just doesn't work. You know, all these teams in APAC look good by comparison when you only play them against each other. But it's the you know it's the it's the cheerleader effect. But it's uh, for, but for but for esports, it's it's just it's ridiculous. I don't know why we're still doing this in 2022 
when they're literally pulling kids from every single region to play in both regions. Just like, you're making them move places. There's oh, got to be a better way to organize this so that we're actually like all on equal footing when it comes to these tournaments. Um, all of that said, objectively, good tournament. This is the best we've seen of, of Overwatch 2 so far um, because now yeah. they're starting to get much more used to the game. They're getting much more used to the format and we're getting more we're getting much more compositions we're getting uh map specific compositions we're we're finding out team metas very like we're we're seeing variations of the meta that are working for these teams we're seeing much more back and forth than we used to and we're really finding out very quickly who the pop off players are because that kind of potential matters more in in 5v5 um so from an overall like overwatch standpoint great tournament uh, from a like entertainment standpoint, I'm exhausted. I that that is that is so much Overwatch in a week's yeah. time. Uh, I still haven't fully recovered. Um, I don't know. I think I think at this point we we can. Ch- I'll chalk it up to fifty fifty, but I am inclined to say probably not. Kind of a mid tournament overall. Yeah, I agree. I I did like a lot of the things we saw. I mean, for better or worse, we saw every support hero and every tank hero played in this tournament. This is true. Uh, for better or for worse, I mean, Reiner locked Hog for two maps, and I don't think that was a good idea, but it happened. Um, and I, I mean, I think that every support player or every support hero is actually relatively viable right now. True. But we did see a lot of different comps, and, and that's cool. We saw Dive with Diva. We saw Dive with Winston. We saw Dive with Ball. We saw, we saw Nano Torb. We saw a Nano Torb in this tournament. What the fuck was that? Like, a lot of weird thing, things happen. But before we move on, because we have one last headline, I just want to nail down on this what the fuck is the APAC region for bit for one more second. Sure. Because what the fuck is the APAC region for? Like, right now, we have these gr- this group of teams that is locked in China. Has a, I mean, obviously, like, it has to be visa issues, right? Like, if they're willing to fly london to hawaii there's no way other than like travel restrictions that they wouldn't fly shanghai or seoul or hangzhou to hawaii so it's got to be travel restrictions and i get that but these teams are locked over there they're in a completely different time zone they're not playing enough against na to know what the hell is going on in na most of the league is in na and I'm looking again at the mid-season, ma- mid-season madness bracket. So London beats Atlanta three to one. Seoul Dynasty, the best team in APAC, gets blanked by Hangzhou in the first round. Goes to the lower bracket, and Atlanta beats Seoul Dynasty three two. So the game of the week we're talking about here in a couple of minutes is the London-Florida match. And Florida beat London, which is a bummer, but I think we could have seen London go a little farther. They're upper mid-range in NA. There's certainly nothing to write home about. And looking at this bracket, they're at least three maps ahead of the best team in APAC. So... I'll ask you again, what the fuck is APAC for? I I don't have a good answer for you, to be completely honest. I Like I said, I am completely 
uh, of the opinion that we should not have these separate regions at this point. I think I think you you format it similar to um, contenders or even you know path to pro teams where you just have teams with a team name and sponsors, and you don't affiliate it with the city. You just put a group of, a, a group together wherever it makes sense and get them scrimming against other teams of that caliber wherever it makes sense. And then if you're going to do a global tournament like this, you bring all the teams to one location, put them in a room, and you do the thing. Now, you know, maybe... I'm just an idiot on the internet. I cannot be the only person who has thought of this recently, especially with the strides that Overwatch League has been making. I wouldn't be surprised if down the road... They do, they, they do get rid of this and start to adapt it to the times, but good lord, they're freaking jackhammering outside my apartment. Of course, of all times! Of all the days. But anyway, that aside, um, I, I do fully expect, you know, I would not be surprised if in a year or two they, they do actually bring it more towards the contender's front as as these thing as things start to recover more because we are still dealing with the visa issues and I, and I and I really do think that that's the main problem that they're facing. I don't think that you know these these regions, the APAC region as a whole is a very prominent region for the game in general. And and you need to find some way to include uh, to include them in the pro league and a lot of these players some of, uh, many of them now former uh NA players, uh, Smurf has moved back um I mean, the Philadelphia Fusion's entire team has moved uh, to Korea, effectively. Yep. Like th- these, they're all from this region, and you you do have to include them in the game somehow. Unfortunately, because of the visa issues, now you're faced with this. This is what you have to do now to make it work. And, and I, do I have a better solution for the time being? No. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not going to criticize it, but I, I I just genuinely don't have an answer to your question of what's it for. It's uh, other than inclusivity. It's for inclusivity. Yeah. Um, they need these are these are some of the best players in the world. Still, they just they need to be given a platform on this, uh, you know, in this league. But the only way to do it with visa issues, I think, right now, is to have an APAC region. That's my best answer for you. Yeah, and and I think you know I don't want to hammer on this too much longer, but I, I think the real answer is that like. Maybe this isn't the same league, right? You know, there is an APAC Overwatch League, and there's an NA Overwatch League, and once a year they do a fun all-star game where they all wave at each other and play on a thousand ping, and we laugh and have a good time, you know? But, like, I don't know. Anyway, I want to move on to our last headline. Um, I want to talk about Vancouver dropping Shockwave, because oh, they yeah. drop Shockwave, which is weird. I don't know. Strange call. Doesn't make thoughts? sense. Um, I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't, I think it is a signal that they are about to hire somebody else. Um, you know, Dpay is, is now in the process of flipping the team and they have the, the team as a whole has been making strides forward and, and exponentially. So, uh, did they win a map this last stage? No. Um, are, are they going to win a map in the coming stage? Maybe. Um, Maybe. it depends on what they do in the next three weeks. Uh, I think that it has to be, this has to be an indication that they're hiring someone else, whether it be another tank player or another DPS player. Um, I don't think they're going to gamble on Mirror being one of the two DPS the whole time. Um, I hope not. He's a great player, but like the Mirror uh, comp was not working. (laughs) Um, 
for the majority of the last stage, you know, even in that game against Washington, we all had the question, why did they not play Shockwave? This is clearly why. This has probably been in the in the works for a few weeks now. But it has to make sense somehow, and it's got to be because they're hiring somebody else. Because I, I don't know what their plan is going forward otherwise. Yeah, I don't either. I have to imagine D-Pay's got his eye on somebody. I also hope it's another DPS uh, player and not another tank. I I think Mirror's Doomfist looked pretty good um, the game before they played him on Tracer, and his Tracer looked bad. Like, not, not mid. It looked bad. Um, so, I don't know. I think dropping shockwave is interesting because if i'm looking objectively at the vancouver titans last few phases dps doesn't seem to be their main issue to me but i'm also not in their coaching with dpay and dpay although he's not like my favorite coach in the world i don't think you can argue he's been really successful so i'm sure that dpay has got something cooking I'm really interested to see what they do in these next two weeks. If they go into, what do we do? Is it June Jout? No, then uh, June's gone. What's the next thing called? Uh, the, the, the summer, showdown. summer Showdown. Summer Showdown is the next showdown. one. If we, if we roll into Summer Showdown weeks <clears throat> and they're still pimping the same roster and they hardlock Aspire and Mirror, that's it, man. We're, we're, we're not getting any breadsticks this year. Vancouver <laughs> is washed. They don't. We're we're not even going to Canada anymore. Fucking country doesn't exist. So, <laughs> I I don't know. I hope that Depe has something planned. I am. A, I feel bad, like legitimately, for Shockwave, because he was one of the only bright spots of the 2020 Titans. Went to Philadelphia, had all sorts of visa issues in 21, came back, and honestly, I thought he looked pretty okay this year. So. I don't know. Maybe he sucks to work with. I don't know him as a person, but um, <laughs> I, I hope that Shockwave finds an opportunity to keep playing because I think he's a good player, and I hope that Vancouver and Depe have something up their sleeves. If they don't, it's going to be rough. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to look at, like, Depe is a good coach, and, and he is stepping into a role that is particularly um, difficult shall we say i mean vancouver hasn't really had any success for almost what three or four seasons now and you know that's that's a hard thing to rebuild that being said this is kind of you know this is his rebuilding phase so i don't know why he thought that shockwave was the 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 weak link that needed to go he has to have his reasons i do feel for shockwave obviously i fully suspect he will get another contract here probably before the end of the year um, which leads me sort of like a little segue on this same topic of uh, over the next three weeks, I guarantee we're going to see more roster shifts than just Vancouver. I mean, already the Guangzhou charge have completely like reinvented about half of their roster. Um, and, and that's, we're only three days into this little break that they're taking. So I fully suspect that, you know, within next week is probably when the big ones are going to drop. Um, at this point, they're all definitely scrimming with each other. It's just not, you know, been formalized in the form of Twitter posts and whatnot. But, you know, this it, it's we're at that time of the of the season again where where we're going to see roster changes. We're going to see some some crazy things go down in preparation for the coming meta. So, you know, I gar- I, I almost guarantee Shockwave will get picked up by somebody. Who knows who? Um, or maybe he'll just 
take a step back. He's been in the league a couple of years. Maybe he's done just in general. Who knows? I, I He clearly got a little bit blindsided by this decision based on the tweets. It wasn't his decision, that kind of thing. So who knows? I know DP has his reasons. I trust his coaching. He is arguably one of the best coaches in the league that we have. He's just up against a wall with the team that he's got. So we got to figure out. They have to find some cohesion there. For sure. All right, well, I think I'm ready to move on to our map, or our match, I should say, our match of the week, if you are, Brad. Yeah, why not? Let's let's get that game of the week going on here. Um, nice little London versus Florida screen. Let me get the notes up so I know where our timestamps are. That's important. Um, let's let's talk a little overview of the game going forward. How'd you feel about this map? What were, you, what were your thoughts going in, your thoughts coming out? Let's, let's just, like, preempt this a little. Sure. So I, like everyone, was huffing London hopium. Just <laughs> like, pour it into my veins, baby. I want London to go all the way. Um, I have really enjoyed watching London this year. They've been a fun team to watch come into their own. They've been a fun team to watch put comps together and, and put, you know, obviously practiced plays together that look like something. It's not like they're just running out playing deathmatch every game. And it's been fun to watch London for the last three years because I feel like this build has taken two and a half seasons for them. You know, this is not London showing up with a whole new lineup this season and saying, all right, we're doing it this way. This is this has been a building phase for London and I was really expecting it all to come to a head here in the midseason madness because we all talked a bunch about London's really good at rush nobody else plays a lot of rush hey London's dive isn't that bad hey maybe London wins this and I wanted that to happen so when you get to this final game for London I think that they got shut down a little bit early, and the first time I watched it, I was like, man, they really dropped the ball. Like, they had no business getting reverse swept by Florida. But as I've rewatched it, I feel less that way. I feel like Florida played a really good game here. I feel like London also played a pretty good game here, withholding map five. We'll get there. <laughs> um, I think that this was a tight match and the way that the maps fell doesn't necessarily do justice to the gameplay because i think map one and map five were a little bit one-sided two three and four a little bit less so um so yeah I i'm bummed that london didn't make it farther i thought florida ended up looking better map four map five of this match than we've seen florida look all stage so that certainly gives me a little hope for Florida going into summer, considering the beginning of this midseason madness phase for Florida was rough. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's my my two cents as an overview is like I wish London would have gone farther here. I don't think Florida got a map win they didn't deserve. Um, it was a good game watching it back. Yeah. <laughs> Very reasonable. I, I'm inclined, again, to agree with you on this. I, I 
I, I, I myself did multiple lines of uh, London Hopium before this match. Um, it was a very disappointing way for them to go out, not, like all things considered. Um, I, in my mind, this was much more painful uh, when it first happened than, than it was when I watched back. Uh, maybe because we watched the reverse sweep in real time. I'm not sure. Um, that being said, I, you know, you gotta... London has to be at least a little bit proud of themselves at this point. They're, they're putting up yeah. a, a, a substantial effort here and, and are, are making just as big of strides in the same manner that Vancouver are, but they're yielding results. I think they definitely have the, the talent and the capability to be... Well, they are, in my opinion, a top five team still, despite the loss. You know, these tournaments, they're they are monetized for, for the teams, but they're not necessarily necessarily the clearest reflection of the team's ability. So, ultimately, this, this was a closer match than I anticipated it being. This was far less one-sided than I remembered it. It highlighted some very big weaknesses that we'll get to on the side of London. Um, however... However, London is still, in my opinion, looking very, very good. Um, Mayhem, they showed up this game. Uh, there was a certain point, and we'll talk about when exactly it was, that both, that both someone and Exy just decided, eh, you know what, I think we're going we're gonna to go on. I want to play Philadelphia now. Um, and, and they, it, they yeah. made their decision, and they turned it on, and these guys just showed up and played the game. And that is, for better or for worse, that, that's how the cards fell. Um, there were some interesting comp decisions. There were some diff there were some interesting choices made on both teams. Ultimately, great game. I, I there is a reason we chose this one to be the game of the week. Largely, I think it was because we're both still uh, coming down from that hope that that, that opium copium high. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be high on that for three more months. Uh, but. It's unfortunate, but I I am I am very look like very much looking forward to see what uh, London does in the coming stage. Uh, so with that said, let's let's get into this a little bit deeper. So we're we'll start we'll start from the top from round one. Uh, five minutes in this initial this initial rush, London's class, the London special. Uh, they just they, they they full on go pretty much expected at this point. Um, very 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 classic rush. Uh, their strongest showing, arguably of of the match. Florida makes the decision to come out uh, with the mirror. Awful choice. <laughs> Absolutely awful choice. choice. Like how I big, how big is the dick on Florida to think they can come out and mirror London's rush on control center? What are you thinking? And like, and and it it just this first this first push isn't even close. I mean, within within seconds, Backbone is on the side, just like picking away at at Xy's, uh, Xy's checkmate and and RuPaul. Like he's he's just giving them he's giving them the business, and then they just come out swinging, and they're like, no, hey, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna take this door, and we're just gonna stay there. Um, where is that? What what is that at? Six fifteen? Where are we at? We're just we're just shy of that on the replay right now, but like. Um, I, I just, my, I, my, just completely Microsoft blue screened. Um, my, my, I completely lost my train of thought as I was saying that, but like, well, let me say this. Let me, let me take it from you. Thank here. you. So yeah, we're, we're right at this point. It's six 15, uh, in the video and London goes basically for the touch, the spawn door. They, they hold main choke on control center. I want to point out here that hottie is 
at one point was 40% ahead of someone on ult charge, has had uh, sh- uh, slam now for three whole fights, and someone still hasn't gotten it, and still hasn't gotten it, and, st- and now Hottie's through the choke point. Someone still doesn't have slam. Like, this was just a bad idea, and definitely, like, I, I think the momentum London needed to carry themselves further. I think we lost that momentum, but coming out of this map, I mean, this was just, this was a beatdown on the Florida Mayhem. Oh, 100%. I mean, this is this is London Spitfire in their element, and I think one of the biggest things to point out, it, it does come largely from, from, from Hottie. Like, the man doesn't often get low value shatters like he's he has a very very big knack for for finding value out of the reinhardt in the current meta not a lot of teams can do that you've seen it a little bit from from houston we've seen it a, a very little bit from philadelphia but when it comes to rush this is their their zone and for better or for worse that's how they got to where they are in in the rankings right now um you know, again, I don't understand. I don't understand Florida's decision to to mirror this. It has not worked for literally any team that has tried to do it against London thus far. Um, very bold call. A little bit of a different story on uh, the second map of Lijiang. We see them come out with. We see Florida come out with a very interesting, like Farah comp. Um, where, where? Let's find out where that actually was somewhere in the ballpark of 10 minutes and and this is where we start to see this is a little bit of the answer to the uh, to the rush right uh so much so that ultimately it forces uh hottie to to switch to ball and we start to see a little bit more of the flexibility from london overall you know they, they were they weren't getting as much value with with the fair like against the pharah because they were getting booped around a little bit um xy was not it, it wasn't XE, it was checkmate was on the Farah. um finding like pretty solid value against uh against like Landon who was playing the BAP and it just it, it just wasn't working out. Sparker doing pretty pretty cool things on uh on um the Sombra and like really starting to harass uh Checkmate Nexi a little bit more, but but they needed to do something else and we started to see a, a ball comp which we haven't seen from London pretty much at all up to this point. And credit where it's due, Hottie looked pretty good. Like look pretty yeah. good on the ball. Like uh, let's, where it comes in on the ball, it's somewhere around. Uh, that's that's overtime. Uh, he switches somewhere around like the twelve thirteen minute mark. Um, yeah, yeah, around thirteen thirty is when he swaps over. And and at this point, you know, uh, Florida Mayhem has capped. They're they're ticking up, starting to get a little bit closer, and and they need to make start making their swaps. Uh, you get backbone on the tracer to harass the backline a little bit more, and and Sparker's still finding actually surprising value with his EMPs. Yeah, so I really hate Sombra picks right now. I don't <laughs> think Sombra has a lot of value, but I think it's a really good counter to the pharmacy. Like it, it is a really good proven counter to the pharmacy, even in Overwatch Two after all of the the kit changes to Sombra. So. I don't hate it on this map. I think London takes a really, really long first fight, and it's kind of weird that they don't cap the point on it ever. And I think that, to me, was kind of the point of, like, okay, they've anti-rushed you. 
you need to switch up. And it takes them a fight or two to do it. But I really want to look at um, if you jump to 1129, uh, I think is when it all really starts to fall apart for Florida because they're rolling. London has the same amount of ults online. Everything is fine. And then Checkmate goes for this silly hero barrage that gets him just landed. And <laughs> everybody else is dead because um, Animo was hanging out with Checkmate. Checkmate was on a flank. Checkmate got no value. Animo got no heals. Everybody died. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, end of the map. And then the other thing that I do want to look at here is if you jump to like right around 14 minutes, starts this buck wild final fight that just lasts the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. It's tied at 83% going into final fight. And we drag this out for like a six man swap. Things just get real bonkers. Hottie goes to ball. Uh, someone switches to Doom. XG goes to Tracer, RuPaul goes to Moira. Like, everybody's just trying to get back to point. RuPaul picks up two picks out of nowhere and gets some value. It's a very silly final fight. And this definitely, I think, is where you start to see the difference between high caliber and low caliber NA teams. And while I think London is right there at the top of the low caliber, I don't think they're quite on high caliber just because of how long it takes them to clean up this silly final fight. I will say though, under under the circumstances of this final fight, like there there was some brilliance going on that that allowed it to stay uh to stay up as long as it did because right around 1440, I'm I'm going to back up again just to to where it was. You have a brilliant stall by Hottie that it's it's a, a like an excellent little bit of like stall mechanics with the ball. He manages to stay in. The whole team is pretty much dead with the exception of Backbone who just dies as he leaves point. But he, he manages to stall long enough for Admiral to come back with uh, with Lucio. And, it, and it's through his mechanics. Like, he's like, you know, maybe five or six good hits from dying himself and manages to spin point, get out, cross the gap, get the health pack right as Landon is coming in to finish stalling the point. It allows for Sparker to come in with a massive EMP that ultimately, like, seals the deal on this map for them. And it's, it, it's little moments like of brilliance like that, like little coordinated efforts that ultimately give that are what London needs to do more of to really solidify themselves in that higher echelon. Yeah, a hundred percent. London looks amazing when they fall into sync with each other. Right. The problem is falling into sync for them isn't the easiest, you know? Like they're trying to drive a really nice luxury car with a very fresh clutch, and they need a shitty Dodge truck that's been driven for 30 years and the clutch is eight miles wide. Like, their ability to fall into sync is just a little bit iffy. Um, and I I think it's a fine time to jump ahead to map two. I've already... Um, way ahead of you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm just vamping through a YouTube ad. It's fine. Um, I don't pay for YouTube. So anyway, we get to Eichenwald, and we're doing a dive mirror, which, you know, not what you would expect at least initially i would think for defense from london yes so here's the thing this goes back to what i was talking about with like the flexibility of things they london builds their comp around hottie like 100 they have to he is the hard carry of their team you know backbone is is a great very very flexible player playing both you know support and dps um but really their comps are centered around hottie and 
I to be honest, at the moment he's he's almost exclusively main tank in in his capabilities. So we're talking, you know, uh, <clears throat> Winston Ball and and Ryan. Uh, Ball being the arguable main tank in this situation, but it plays like a main tank in Overwatch 2. Um, he, we don't see a lot of D.Va. We don't see a lot of, of Zarya from him. We certainly don't see any... I don't think I've ever seen him play Sigma. No, he doesn't, because they have Poco for Sigma. Yeah, they um, have Poco for Sigma and D.Va. Right. And and I think this is where... Because I do believe in the in the coming stage, D.Va will be a lot stronger. Um, will still be... Will still be strong. We're gonna... It would behoove... Um, London to start utilizing more of Poco's D.Va, because he's a great D.Va player. He's an excellent D.Va player. Stronger, I think, than his Sigma play. Um, but it's a matter of finding a way to build the comps around Poco as well, because it's all entirely centered around their tank play. Um, so the mirror was a weird choice, but like for what they have at their disposal, this seemed like the right choice in this scenario, and it worked okay for them. It wasn't a flop by any means, but it doesn't have the coordination that we are, are used to seeing on Eichenwald from other teams. Um, right. And this is where it starts. To, this is where, it ultimately, I think, where it ultimately started to turn around uh, for London. It was in this map because we started to see more coordinated effort from Mayhem than we were really getting from London. And this, this was the beginning of that. Yeah, you said it before we started uh, the video today, but Ike was a really good map for someone. Yes. And I agree. I mean, just watching this back, like, he chased Sparker the whole way through Castle, and Sparker managed <clears throat> to get out with a really lucky slide. And I think the only reason he got out was because Hottie put a bubble up for him. But, uh, yeah, someone looked great on this map. The dive started to click. Checkmate and someone were syncing up really well. And I like Shax on Tracer. Shax doesn't do the best job of playing with Hottie all the time. Right. And I think that was the big difference looking at this defense was like, if you're going to run a dive defense, you've got to be really coordinated on your counter dives. And London just lacked that coordination because it was really just <laughs> sending Hottie in and hoping something happened up until 3150. And at 3150, all of Florida shit just falls apart when they use five ults and get zero value. <laughs> like, zero value and <laughs> five ults. They kill Landon again. Congratulations. Landon's always the first to die. It's cool. London doesn't need him. <laughs> it's really, I think, pretty evident, you know, when... when a team ult dumps like that, that's also one of the giveaways to me of a high-ranking NA team versus a low-ranking NA team is the ultimate economy. Yes. And when you come out of a fight dumping five ults and you don't get anything, I mean, I look at that fight and you're like, okay, we've only picked a support. Like, maybe I hold pulse bomb. Maybe I hold beat. Like, maybe I don't drop a fourth and fifth ult on top of this. We have three minutes, we pull back and we go again. Because at this point, like, Florida staggers for three more minutes and just never lines back up again to go in. And I think that they should have capped B. I'm surprised that they didn't cap B. London's defense certainly stepped it up once they got bridge high ground. 
but really it just comes to Florida for right. the most part. I mean, this was the at this last point of of Florida's attack, like they start to they really start to disconnect, and that's you know you have uh, you have checkmate trying to back cap the point, which you know there's some tactical strategy to you pull the, you you try to pull some of the enemy off of the high ground off of castle, but oh my god, this is driving me nuts in the background. Um, but <laughs> you pull some of the enemy off of high ground, but then you end up with a disconnect where you don't have the damage output coming from the tracer. Your tracer no longer, uh, is no longer engaging the enemy tracer. It's, it, you know, you might pull the, the enemy tracer to you because they're the fastest person to get there, or you end up with what London did, which is dive hottie on top of you. And at, at the end of this attack, it just it just sort of falls apart for them. The, 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 the little speckles of coordination that we were getting go away completely until we get to uh london's attack here which i don't want to spend too much time on because it was fairly textbook and and rather quick for the most part um you know obviously they come out with like a quasi rush to begin with it's not the same kind of rush that we've seen because obviously we have you know we have backbone on the healer uh and and you know no lucio it's it's a fairly slow and like patient rush if you can even call it that it just you know it was enabled by by hottie being able to hold shield and get his team into into positions and they were able to get value first picks so i'm gonna i'm gonna skip ahead past their their little rush attempt to when they start to take their uh uh their second point push which is where you start to see more coordination from the mayhem um this is where where uh i think um someone started to shine because you begin to notice he's taking the same position every single time on that corner castle height uh, towards the entry choke of second point. And if you watch very closely, he starts to wait out the cooldowns from Hottie at 37 minutes. Uh, yeah, 37 minutes exactly. You can see 37.10, he waits exactly for uh hottie to jump up misses the jump by the way he he wasted his jump to go up after uh mayhem's backline misses but now he doesn't have the cooldown giving someone free reign to go on the backline walks away with 4k like it's that kind of patient play followed by like calculated aggression that that really that really started to sh like showcase the mayhem's ability here it's, it, and that's and that's coordination that's just coordination you have to be telling your team hey i'm going here so that if it fails they can peel for you and it's the, that exact same coordination in the opposite direction that failed london not so much on this point but later on in the match yeah and you know i put it in our show notes here like london or excuse me florida's defense looks great yes florida's counter dive defense looks phenomenal what happened oh oh it was it was a c9 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 <laughs> number one of this game um and you know they didn't lose well, obviously okay fine they lost the whole map on a c9 but it's not like they c9'd from a choke the whole way to the golden box of victory it was just once they got to bridge the one thing that i want to point out from this map before we move on to the next one is the support difference RuPaul and Sir Majed are out in their own world, couple space cadets, <laughs> doing their own thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, like when you got Bone back in, Backbone Bone back, just <laughs> he attacked, dude. His his Zen is so sick right now, so sick. Oh, it's and true. Landon's a pretty good flex support. He dies first a lot, but I think that's because he plays easy dive targets, not because he's out of position. 
there's one moment that I want to point out here, and I'm, I'm going to send you back a little bit. But if you cut to like 35, 12, 35, 10 ish, it's, it's right at the start of London's attack. London comes out fast. They get point A pretty quickly. Oh, wait, Sir Majed died. How'd Sir Majed die? What happened there? Oh, it was a real <laughs> gun. That's fine. I'm sure Sir Majed won't come back out to contest, considering everybody else is leaving. That sure would be silly. Hey, wait. What's what's someone doing? What's well, someone got pinned. He's dead now. Okay. Um, we're are we? Oh, we're we're recontest. We're gonna recontest. We're gonna recontest. There's checkmate. All right. Uh, Xy's dead. Someone is dead. Okay. Let's call it. Let's all go home. We don't <laughs> need to do this again. Oh, okay. Our tracer's about to die. Tracer's dead. Great. You sure wouldn't see the supports come out. It sure would be silly if you saw the supports come out. RuPaul, what the fuck are you doing? RuPaul, why are you here? Like, this this is a mess. This is an absolute mess. Oh, yeah. Dude. It, it, so, I, I don't know. I Yeah, you're fine. I All the coordination we talked about uh, about Florida is true. Their defense looked really, really good. Their support looks like dog water. <laughs> Luckily, you've got XZ with a lot of movement. Checkmate with a lot of movement. Someone with a lot of movement. But. Okay. I want to be a little bit more forgiving. <clears throat> Believe it or not, on the supports uh, in general. Actually, not just with London and not just with Florida, but across the board right now. Because the more I think about this, the, the, the more I think this is, is really the case. What we're seeing with Overwatch 2, um, and especially in the pro meta right now, is... These supports are being forced to take more aggressive positions than otherwise would be productive, in, especially in 6v6, because you don't have another tank to defend you or peel for you. And you have, in a lot of cases, one less shield, uh, just less barriers in general, less CC, all that stuff. But because of that, you're, these, these tanks, it's a lot more... It's a lot more fraggy. The tanks have to be a lot more aggressive. And with most of the supports... In order to get value, you have to take more aggressive positions. And I think it's very easy to say, hey, the supports are crap. Like, they're getting killed all the time. But really what it is, it's, it ends up being a, a DPS diff in some cases. Because if, if your DPS on the other team is just absolutely cracked out of their skull, which we're finding is the case with a lot of teams in, specifically in NA, but also across the board in the Pro League, they're going to find those value targets. Like, you know, Sir Majed, why is he dead? Oh god, why did that rhyme? Why is he dead? He he uh he has to take that that poke position as the Zenyatta. He has to be th flinging, you know, right clicks down lane to try and get, you know, alt charge to try and get kills. And the minute he pokes his head out, well, what's going to happen? Well, Sparker's going to find it because that same lane is the one that Sparker's looking straight down. So it's not so much like, oh, he's out of position. It's He has to take that position in a lot of cases to get value early on. And, you know, when your DPS players can find heads and click those same heads, it's just it's a lot harder to stay alive as a support. You know, that's that was a lot of people's complaints early on with the, the betas. It's like it's hard to play support now. Well, no, you just have to have the ability to also frag and, and be smart. You have to be better. Yeah, you have to be better. And we're even seeing at the pro line that uh, that doesn't make it less difficult. It's just you have to be better. Um, and so, you know, do I think their positioning is perfect? God, no. Do they still make a lot of mistakes? 100%. But, uh, but across the board, it's, it's, less of a, it's less of a support fault and more of a DPS diff. Um, which, which comes to play later on as well because uh, Xy eventually decides, uh, you know, we're just not going to lose today. 
Um, and, and so I think that let's segue to map three because there's not much else to talk about with map two. Ends on a weird C9 because everybody just sort of walks off of point. Um, and just decides, ah, we're not going to contest this. This has gone on long enough. They, they, they get it here. It's fine. Um, map three, watch point Gibraltar. Good pick, I think, by the mayhem. Um, let me get that in the video. It's roughly here-ish, uh, and they get to attack first. Um, we see Xy on the Widowmaker. We see Checkmate start out on the. Wait, does he start out on the on the Echo, or does he change? I think he. Uh, checkmate changes, I believe. Um, Someone waiting. going for the cheeky little hog hook at the beginning. Checkmate has. Yeah, to. yeah he the does. Checkmate he, goes to tracer. Yeah, he he starts on the on the Symmetra to get his team to the opposite high ground. I think he misses here too. I can't remember because um, they're focusing on the hog hook, uh, and they then they don't show it. No, he yeah he yeah he missed his. Oh no, he got the teleporter. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, bad camera angles there. Uh. But then, you know, immediate value from the Widow. Killing Hottie, uh, who gets isolated, which, again, slept by RuPaul. Um, yeah, slept outside of his bubble as well. Like, you can see where the bubble went down. You can see where the sleep happened, and his momentum carried him past the bubble. So, like, I, you know, it's a bummer... Or it looks like maybe he didn't get the bubble off because he gets the bubble off after the anti-nade. It's a bummer to lose Hottie that early. I don't think you can really blame Hottie for that. I mean, you're trying to dive the opposite high ground. RuPaul gets a good sleep on you, and you die. That's the <laughs> life of a main tank, right? Pretty much. And sometimes and sometimes that is how it, how it be. It do be like that sometimes. Uh, you know, he, he bubble poked in the wrong direction. Really, I... I, I want to retract an earlier statement as this plays in the background. Um, I said this was like the XE show. Map three was was more the was more the um, uh, the someone show. It, 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 he he ends up walking away with multiple like four and uh, three and four pick scenarios that you know enabled by everybody else, but he just finds himself in a position to capitalize on just the most insane nonsense. Um, not so much, uh, in, on, in the offense, but he really comes alive in the defense, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, if I remember, yeah, I remember that correctly. Um, but yeah, on this offense, you know, good, strong defensive, uh, push by London, certainly better than we've seen from them as of late. Cause I mean, their defense has generally been, you know, average at best. Um, certainly not what anybody's writing home about. No, no, but solid defensive effort here. Uh, Shaq's on the tracer. I want to see more of. I do. I really do want to see, especially if they're going to commit more to this, like Winston, uh, dive defense. I want to see more Shaq's on tracer. He tends to find good value. Um, but ultimately, this does become the hottie show right around uh forty nine fifty. He a little bit before that forty nine forty and stuff like that. He's 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 finding London just pinned in the in the room. And it's just swinging away, batting them around, and there's nothing they can do about it. And London does this multiple times throughout the rest of this match where their squishies are all just piled up in a, in a small room and someone's like, oh, you're going to be there? Well, um, now you're not going to be. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody, and kills every single one of them. This opens up the door for them to, to push further in. Um, 
I think Hadi comes back rather quickly, but it, uh, it at least allows them to get around the bend. And with, what, 50-some seconds remaining, they manage to win the team fight and, and pull forward into second point. Uh, where are we at? Yeah, London's defense really fell, like, really, really fell apart. Um, you know, there's this moment. I have it pulled up perfectly on my screen. I had my screen. I had to frame by frame to find it. But there's this moment at 48-44 where Hottie gets down to 19 health, and he is surrounded in server room. And somehow he doesn't die. Mm -hmm. And that is the last good moment that London had in this whole map. Uh, because, like, as soon as they pull back from that, like you were saying, someone gets the squishies isolated in a room, he swings on down to Georgiatown, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they cap point A, and London gives them, like, half of B for free. I mean, not even taking poke damage out of spaceship, just letting them walk cart the whole way to the second curve of point B. I don't really get that move, you know? Like, I understand wanting to set up on high ground. I understand not wanting to take that initial ground fight. That makes sense to me. But the amount of time that it takes Florida, or I'm sorry, it takes London to contest Florida on point B, I think is the real falter of this map. I think they gave up, well, okay, the real falter of the defense. The attack was the real falter of the map, but we're not there yet. <laughs> right. Um, it, you know, it was it was their real falter, and, and they cleaned it up. But I think that this map should have ended at A, and even though it didn't end at A, they should not have gotten as much of point B as they did. That's my thought. Well, well, point B started out off on the wrong foot as well because they were all they, they were effectively staggered. The... They capped point B on on this really weird like Hottie's coming is diving in from uh from server room. Uh, Shax is nowhere to be found. Half the team is just coming back from spawn. It was like this weird uh like th they weren't exactly staggered, but nobody was on point. It wasn't a C nine. They capped like uh they managed to cap point A just for free effectively while no one was contesting. And as soon as it caps all the cards start to fall again. Everybody's in bad position and starts to take massive losses. Basically all of London dies as the gates are opening for point B and, uh, and, and mayhem get a very solid push for next to nothing at that point. Um, and by the time London is able to stabilize, you know, it, it's, it's too late. And a lot of the damage is done. They've got cart all the way around towards, uh, almost the, almost towards the end of point B at this point. And, you know, there's nothing that can be done. The defense just, it just falls apart completely. They managed to scrape a fight win from basically nothing towards the end of, uh, of the round. And, and what do you know? Uh, now, you know, yes, London has a win condition, but it doesn't quite exactly come, uh, to fruition at the end of the day. Uh, so let's talk about their offense, actually. Uh, yeah, so we come out, right, like, they're, uh, Florida's got about 75 meters, hasn't capped point B, looks ultra winnable for London. Like, looks like this could be a an easy cleanup, one, two, call it a day. And then it's not. <laughs> then it's really not. Um, it starts off kind of okay. They do this hog ego check that everybody's doing right now. Hottie almost catches checkmate. Like, yep. 
Checkmate blinks at just the right time, but Hottie almost wombo combos in. And honestly, if he catches checkmate there, that's probably the map. You know, like yeah. if you lose your tracer that early, obviously your tracer is going to get back quickly. You're going to contest again. It's not going to be all of A, but you're going to lose so much time that it's going to be a lot harder to shut London down. Um, so, yeah. And then at 5725, um, I'll, I'll jump right around to 57. Suddenly the back, the, the back line dies. Yep. Someone in checkmate dive the back line. Mm-hmm. Nobody from London's even looking at them. Nope. And it's game over. Mm-hmm. It sends it sends the entire team back to spawn. It was a very solid coordinated dive from Florida. And again, it's it's these little like moments of very, very solid communication within the team that alter the team fight in a very big, significant way. Um and you know, the win condition the win condition on this map is like, you know, check XE and check checkmate. Like but they don't do that. And then just shortly after this, the, the very next team fight, Hottie's in a room batting around the two supports who are pocketing one another, mind you. It's a Brig and, and RuPaul on the Ana at just shy of 58 minutes. He's just batting them around, getting no value. He can't kill the Brig because Winston just does tickle damage. And then he has to back out. It's complete. It's a complete zero value ultimate from him. He wastes an entire, uh, an, an entire Primal Rage to get nothing you know we talked earlier about how he finds value in like the weirdest shatters finds exactly no value from this uh, this primal and you know that that pretty much sums up the majority of this offense it was just it was a whole lot of little value uh and little value effort from uh from london you know they just didn't have it, it they had an answer but they couldn't do anything you know sparker's doing his best finding heads every now and again but you know Xy gets to effectively run around for fee- for free, find cheeky little picks that are effectively like pixel peaks. There's this moment. Oh my god! It's it's Shaxx at at 59 minutes where he's like cheekily pushing the cart and like with Xy on the high ground, like Xy's not gonna notice that and immediately poke him from the top. Like Shaxx was already like half health. He didn't even have to hit a headshot. Just does it for good measure. Like it's it's. You know, it's it's little things like that. It's it's again that stupid back cap strategy to like pull people off the high ground, but you're pulling the wrong person. The one guy who can just turn around, look at you, and kill you immediately. It's it's like no, it, and without leaving high ground. Like it's it's these weird decisions. They're spread out the majority of this next fight, and finally towards the end, the last 26 seconds, you have Hottie trying to get, you know find any little scrap of value from this push. And ultimately ends up getting separated and body blocked in uh, in the lower corridor near the health pack. Like, you know, it was just it was a non-starter effort for London. I not their best showing, and it kind of sums up how the rest of this match goes for them. Ultimately, um, God, Landon with the getting killed with backbone still in trance, and then finding himself cornered in in the lower room as well with uh uh with with shacks they both die or no sparker they both die to a primal rage from someone they force hottie into the corner as someone finally did put hottie in the corner and and that's and that's game he can't touch like just yeah ugh, sloppy i mean i think that it really is a lot of miscoordination from london on this i think this was a great map pick from florida i think gibraltar points out a lot of the problems that london has which honestly i think is multi-level control once you get a lot of verticality 
London struggles. They're they're single plane teams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, teams that play a lot of rush are obviously going to struggle with high ground control. And I don't think that Hotties Winston looked bad on this map. He made a couple of questionable choices, and and he definitely fed his brains out a few mm -hmm. times. But like, I don't think that his Winston was necessarily the problem. I think their weaknesses just got extorted. I will say I would have really liked to see Landon go over to the BAP on this map just to get Hottie some more support on the high ground because, you know, the, specifically there's that one moment we talked about earlier, um, like right around the 58 mark where Hottie just primals into the supports and feeds for six seconds and dies and that's it you know like yeah that moment okay if you throw an anti-nade into that room into that room both of those supports die however no anti-nade came into that room because landon and backbone are getting dived by someone in checkmate right so <clears throat> hottie primals into that room when he hits primal um uh, who was playing Brig on that map? Onimo only had 70% ult charge. Yep. And when Hottie's Primal is done, Onimo had Rally online. Uh -huh. So, like, you gave him that Rally for free, and I don't think it's terrible to Primal both supports in a small room, but if you're going to Primal an AoE healer like Brig or Lucio, you've got to get some mitigation for the other healing with an anti-nade, and that's not coming. So I personally, after those first couple fights didn't work, like I'm all about teams. You know, if you've got 60, 90 seconds left and your shit isn't working, everybody pick your main, pick your favorite hero. Just go out there and try <laughs> the point. I don't care what happens. And uh, I, I really would have liked to see Landon switch to BAP there just to get like an immortality field or something to try and support Hottie a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, I, I I I tend to agree. I think I think Landon works a little bit better. I think his BAP is a little stronger than his Ana is personally. Um, but then uh, that being said, like the the Ana Zen is a very 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 strong comp. And if you're gonna have if you're gonna have Backbone in uh, on on support, you almost are you're almost exclusively locked to that. So I don't know. It may, it, it's just it's a consequence of kind of how they're ultimately how their uh, their comps are shaping up and you know maybe he changes but I, I don't know if at that point I don't know if it really makes a difference because it was it was the coordinated dive uh, and and the disjointed like response from London that really was their downfall there you know when you have someone waiting on the cooldowns to go send your uh, supports to the spawn room like it doesn't matter who they're playing at that point um, right but then we move to their to London's pick again for push. We get Coliseo, uh, London back on the uh, on the rush comp that we know and love, and suddenly it has uh, less of an effect. Um, you know, I, I we're, let's see, let's let's get this rolling again. Um, Florida making the questionable decision off the bat to once again mirror this, and yet this time, Exy has entered the chat. Uh, starts to he sure did, Brad. He <laughs> sure did. Starts to find the first pick in almost every fight on this map. Almost every single fight, uh, XC has killed someone as the fight begins. 
And I, this is just now starting to play. They're starting their first engagement. Oh, I'm sorry. They didn't mirror. They didn't mirror. Florida went with the with a dive, a, a Genji Winston dive with Xe on the sojourn. And this, that's that is correct. Now I remember how this played out. Um, this was this was the right decision. Um, what they probably yeah. should have done at Lijiang Tower. Um, but Xe immediately finds Sparker almost out of the gate. And and that's where it falls apart because when you don't have that incoming damage and everybody immediately gets to put Hottie in the corner, Admiral's up in the rafters, gets picked again by Exe, RuPaul's finding uh, finding Landon's one and only uh, lamp, and and they just get to walk on them for free. They pull out a a pretty sizable chunk of of land here out, out off of one fight, and they can't uh, respawn fast enough to contest it. Um, and that was, there's not like a lot to cover in this. It was a, it was a closer match than it should have been. Some cheeky plays from, uh, coordinated efforts from Backbone and Hottie, uh, with the walls, but man, overall, this was just the Xy show. He, he was diffing Sparker the entire time. Like, I don't think Sparker, let's see, even early on in this, Xy's got almost 20% of a, of an alt advantage on Sparker and, and you know, sure, Backbone is is outpacing Checkmate, but that doesn't really matter so much because they're not winning the team fight. When they do win the team fight, they're they're having to push back so much ground that they're not really gaining enough to take advantage. I think they take advantage early, like once on this on their first push after the team fight that they win. But but again, like it's hard for them to get a footing because Xy's just killing everyone. You can't gain footing when everybody's dead. Yeah. I mean, okay, so this was the map that the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that was awful. London, yeah. what are you doing? And, yeah. and when I went back and rewatched it, I was like, okay, this was not a bad game for London. No. London did not look bad on this map. Like, I actually showed up. Yep. XE showed up. Checkmate also landed a 3K blade and then another 3K 60 seconds later. Like, this was a DPS diff map for sure. Um, there were a few weird decisions backbone got a little flanky and so this comp right like the london spitfire comp of may sojourn rhyme lucio bap there is so much value in the synchronicity between backbone on may and hottie on rhyme mm -hmm. those walls enable your reinhardt to have value in these long open stretches yes. that you have in Colosseo. Like, if you just try to walk Reinhardt down that big open field in Colosseo, you're going to get chewed to bits, and you need Backbone's walls to either cut off shot angles, give Hottie something to recharge a shield behind, or, my personal favorite, give him something to charge into. And this map basically so i'm i'm watching now i'm at the 117 mark that's when florida takes the lead back from london and they don't even get to the butt scratch like no. they don't get the whole way to the checkpoint <clears throat> but they take the lead back and after that i think everybody at london starts to get a little tilted and everybody wants to be a hero and that's when i started to see backbone really go on a couple of these hero flanks that i was like bro oh yeah 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 May. i know exactly what are you doing? i know exactly what you're talking about that actually reminds me of something because when i rewatched this i wanted to make a note of it i forgot um like 
this starts to become very quick play like like very very quickly after they take point back and you're right it was it was the flanks it was the flanks from backbone which ordinarily i didn't i didn't hate so much he got a couple of picks but he find him he found himself isolated and then the the close range damage to support the rhine wasn't there like the way the reason that this works is exactly as you said it's the coordination it's the coordinated effort it has to be like perfectly timed and if you isolate any component of that of that uh rush it falls apart very very quickly here's the it's playing in the background right now the flank that you were talking about where he's just yeah, in their back yeah he's completely away from his entire team he finds uh he finds animo but then because of that checkmate's able to kill hottie and isolate him like now your tank is dead and then the whole rest of the backline falls apart and 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 backbone can't do anything like he just all he can do is guess i'll die now like it's it's a weird hero flank it doesn't make sense it's the kind of thing that you only see in even in ranked games like it's not even so much quick play it's what you would see in overwatch ranked like it's something that would work in a less coordinated environment because it is by definition less coordinated and now you know and then then florida gets to walk they just get to walk at him and and waste time and they don't even need to get the to the butt scratch it it just it just yeah. kills time at this point and it keeps happening and that's where it really just goes south for them. They just decide, all right, we're not going to be doing a, a coordinated rush anymore, and and everybody just dies. <laughs> it's just it's how it is. Um, yeah. So here here's my thing, right? I have not played the beta, so I have not gotten my own hands on what I lovingly refer to as dumpy robot mode. Yes. And I I like the concept of dumpy robot mode. I think it's a fun idea. However. The more I see it in competitive play, the more I start to dislike it. And this map is a really good example of one of the reasons why I don't like it, which is, or excuse me, Florida, I keep saying the wrong team, Florida takes the lead at around five minutes. They never touch the barricade again, ever again. They never even get the bot really back to where the barricade is. They push it into London territory a few times, but then they just stand back and force London to come into them. And okay, there is value to that strategy. I'm not saying like BM on Florida. I'm not saying that's a bad play call. Like that that's a legitimate strategy to this game type. However, it makes for really lame Overwatch and it makes games less competitive when there is no there's no pressure and no necessity for a team to fight for their lead, yeah. right? Like, they got a 20-meter lead, and then Florida just got to play deathmatch defense for five minutes, and yeah. that was it. And that bums me out. Um, I don't hate push as a game type. I think it needs some real structural tweaks to be viable at a high competitive level or else you're just gonna get you know and really in push we've seen one of three things you either see both teams get to 50 meters and somebody wins it by 10 meters by pushing it and then playing defense you see a team get absolutely rolled and you actually see a map completion mm -hmm. <clears throat> or you watch 10 minutes of deathmatch. Yeah. And I think more often than not, it's 10 minutes of deathmatch. And that's fine, but it's not what I watch Overwatch League for. Like, right. I didn't come here to watch Overwatch League players play deathmatch. I came to watch them play Overwatch. I think I think what it comes down to is, is just the team differences. Because 
I I agree with you to a point. I do really like this mode, actually, in a lot of ways, as like the cap to a uh, to a series because the tug of war aspect of it, especially when you get really closely matched teams, is very uh, it's very suspense suspense building. You know, I, I actually look back to that. Um, the Vancouver Washington uh, clown fiesta from a couple weeks ago like it ended so poorly but there was a moment where you're like holy crap they're gonna pull this off they're gonna get a win and it's 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 like moments like that where the teams are closely matched even in a clown fiesta like that we're like oh yeah and so there's there's got to be a way to to facilitate this better they're they're tweaking the mode with like the timing and things like that they did some of that in the the most recent beta as well so I don't expect this to be the full-on what we get in the live game is it better than 2CP? I tend to think so. 2CP can go on for oh, yeah. a calendar year if you let it. Um, this has a hard limit, which I think is objectively a better game mode, and they they need something like this. Um, is it the best replacement for 2CP? Probably not. I think we should kind of go the Team Fortress route, maybe like a 5CP kind of thing, um, which is also more of a tug-of-war style kind of deal, but... Who knows? I, I but I, generally I do tend to agree with you. I, I think in this in this instance, it's like it's two evenly matched teams that had to go the boring route for how they played the map, and and you know it's just going to be like that sometimes. Your your San Francisco Gladiator matches, it'll be a different story. Your 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 Gladiators versus um, your Vancouver's will be a a complete steamroll kind of thing. It's it you know it, it just becomes a flex at that point, but. Up until then, it's, you know, it, it, it's just, it's kind of, you're going to get these maps from time to time. It was Deathmatch. It played like Deathmatch. It played like, um, you know, it played like Ranked at some at some points. And that, that's just, that ain't it. Um, so now, speaking of Clown Fiestas, uh, we're going to oh, talk, boy. we're going to talk about Map 5. Um, and all the bad feelings that we had about this game for the first time we watched it, man. turns out they all came from Map 5. It was, it was Map 5, because this was the most frustrating thing for me to watch, because what do we have to start uh, to start the first map on Oasis? This, remember, this is, this is London's pick. They're, they're, saying, they're telling the other team, we're taking you here because we can beat you here. And then what do they do? They play freaking Lucio Moira, and they have Backbone on the Sombra and Sparker on the Tracer. All right, I'm less mad about... I'm going to pause the, the, the video in the background. I'm less mad about the Lucio Moira. I'm furious that Backbone is playing freaking Sombra, and you have your Sojourn player on Tracer. Sparker looks like crap on Tracer. <laughs> like... Yeah. And and that's putting like that's being nice. Like he's he's not a tracer player. He gets hard diffed by checkmate the entire game on this, and they stick with it. At no point do they go. Uh, well, actually, that's a lie. Eventually, he does come out on the sojourn, but at no point in this first map do they go. Oh, maybe maybe not. Maybe not with the, the the tracer on this. I don't get the backbone pick at all. You know, under these circumstances, I would have much much rather seen. You know, uh, uh, some some uh, you know maybe Brig Bap, maybe Brig, even honestly, even like Brig, uh, uh, what's uh, Zen Brig Zen? Good Lord, Zen. brain there brain not work, brain no do thing. Uh, Brig Zen, but but Lucio Moira, this whole comp is disjointed. There's no value to be had anywhere, and then you have Landon playing what I'm only going to call the biggest throw pick of the week because he got. Next to no value. You know, they got, I think they got one ultimate to Florida's two. It was a two to one ratio in, at times with, with this diff. Like, this was a support diff, a DPS diff, and Hottie was just left out to dry because he had nothing to play off of. 
yeah, this comp is garbage day. <laughs> Just absolute garbo. Um, your Moira has zero value. Okay, so I'm, I've been waiting for the exact moment so I can pause it and tell you the timestamp, and it's right around 1.31. RuPaul gets Nano. Landon is 40% to coalescence. Yep. I'll say that again. <clears throat> the Ana gets Nano. The Moira is 40% to coalescence. There's no value in this comp. You have Backbone, who's invisible running around on the flank. Sparker, who Moira can barely heal. Hottie, who's off doing ball things. And Admiral on the wall. What is the Moira for? What's the point? This is before the rework. You don't have her weakened ability. You have no good targets. What Are you, are you going to dive with the Moira? Try and dive RuPaul, I guess? There's just no value to this comp. Well, because, I mean, what is what is Moira going to do in this situation? First of all, what's Moira going to do in this situation when when Landon and Admiral are sticking close together and, and Hottie's off in, in Narnia trying to dive the back line? What are they going to do? Who are they healing? Because what else do you have? You have two flankers? I'm sorry. Where? Where are they finding any value? Unless they're unless they're face-checking the rest of the team, at which point, where are they finding value? <laughs> like, they can't do damage, they can't do healing, they're just, it makes no sense with this composition at all. It's the, the most disjointed nonsense that they, that they show up with in this match. And it, I just, I don't understand the choice here. I don't understand saying this is our map pick, this has worked for us at some point, against who? Who has this right. worked with? Like, under what circumstance? That's my feeling, right? Like, you pick Sombra, who really is only good to counter a single character at a time in this new patch. Like, she is just not super viable. If you're trying to shut down a Farah, you're trying to shut down a Doom, you're trying to shut down a Ball, and you need that extra damage and that, like, one-second hack, okay, I guess. But I don't understand this pick. And I assume that you put Backbones in instead of Shax because you want the more versatility because Shax is mostly a Tracer guy. But it can't be Sombra. Like, it just can't be. It just, there's just no, who do you even want to hack? What's your goal? Are you trying to burn down the Winston? He has a bubble. Are you trying to burn down Checkmate? The hack doesn't last long enough for a Tracer. Like, what is the goal? of this sombra i mean the, the sombra goal and the moira <clears throat> are the two things i just do not get the goal of the sombra it was very clear by how backbone played it he was trying to he was going after the back line he was going after the back line unsuccessfully i might add because every time they found him he got slept like i mm -hmm. the, the number of times that rupaul just whipped around and 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 put him to sleep and what's remarkable what is absolutely remarkable is he didn't die as much as he should have i can only imagine while he was waiting to be like woken up he was just spamming spamming the recall button because he got out of there like scot-free at like a half a dozen times and was like somehow alive but still found no value that's the problem like didn't do what he set out to accomplish got countered hard and and suddenly we're at we're at match point effectively like well exactly it is exactly match point on uh the the second map on um what is it Gar not city what uh, what is it called city center uh, university. Un no, no, university is the inside. This yeah. is gardens. Gardens. Yeah, we, we go to gardens, and and again, disjointed. We have Lucio Moira, which works okay with Hottie on the Reinhardt. It works better than on Ball because they have to be in one place at one time, and at least like Hottie can 
can face check while the other two do some healing. In theory, Sparker's still on the Tracer, bad choice. Backbone's still on the Sombra, worse choice. And immediately, like right out of the gate, same deal. Hacks the healer, immediately gets uh, immediately gets slept and recalls. Like, no value. No pick was exchanged. No hotties at, at next to no health. Like, already, because where are the healers? They're alive. I'm now, I'm, I'm watching this back and I'm like, oh, they're, they're, in, they're in the, uh, like, they're in Narnia. <laughs> That's where they are. They're in Narnia and now they're separated and getting just completely just, just spit on. And then they go for the, they go for the spawn camp. They just go for the spawn camp because they're like, hey, guess what? We've now, we're now going to win this because you guys are falling apart. And, and again, it's the, the healer, uh, alt charge is closer but again, it's 61 to 45 and 49 to 36. And it's just, it was a mess. It, the whole thing was a mess. So this is, I have in our notes here, like when it comes to round two, map five, I wrote, oh, London is tilted. Yeah. Because I don't see why you're running Hottie Rhine and not running the rest of your rush comp. You've got Hottie Rhine, Admiral Lucio, why did you put Landon on Moira? Okay, Moira's fine with Ryan. Why did you put Sparker on Tracer? Why did you put Backbone on uh, that other girl, Sombra? Like, <laughs> why Why not the May? Why not the Sojourn? You know Checkmate's on Genji. He's going to be diving in. You need May's slow. Someone's going to be diving in. You'll get value out of the wall. And again, May's slow. Like, I really feel like London played Colosseo in their comp and then felt like we just got beaten on our thing we can't show it to them again you know what yeah sometimes <laughs> you don't play your thing the best way that you can play it and you gotta try your thing again and i think that would have been the move on this map well i mean city center's a oh god yeah, city center's a bad reinhardt map i understand not wanting to run ryan on that but like when you get to gardens, if you're gonna run Ryan, build the rest of the comp. Don't don't do this weird thing. They use all five ults, they get the point, and then they lose. That's it. I mean, I will even I'll go so far as to say, like, I'm I'm fine with Ryan on this map. I am hundred percent fine with Ryan on this map because there's a lot of close quarters where his hammer just gets value. And if you're playing yeah. the May with him, you have you now have places to close them off. There are tight spaces that you can just prevent them from escaping. You can give Ryan a wall to charge into if he doesn't have one. There's a million of them for him to find. They're short pins, so they have less time to react. Like he's all of that entire point is effectively a small space for him to swing for free if you're coordinated enough to be like in one place at one time. They don't have to be taking super crazy flanks. They can death ball this and do okay. I mean, granted. I don't think Florida was in a position where they were going to be stupid enough to just all, you know, sit in a corner and get swung at. But at the same time, it would have been a better strategy than whatever this is. Because <laughs> this this is nothing. What this is is nothing. Because do right. you like this comp? Because it's not a comp. It's nothing. It's <laughs> absolutely nothing. It's, and that's the end of the game. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the end of the game. game. It's, it's, it ended with a whimper. Yeah. It was a whimper. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think... I have a couple of takeaway questions here from this map as we're looking on the other side or at this match as we're looking on the other side. Um, and the first one, I'm going out of order here, but the first question I have for you is Florida beat 
London here and then moved on and got spanked by Philadelphia. It was a 2-3. I, I don't remember exactly that game. I did watch it. I don't remember Florida looking particularly good. I also don't remember Philly looking particularly good. But I do remember Philly looking relatively dominant over Florida. So my question for you is, if this goes the other way, if London beats Florida, does London beat Philadelphia? I, in my opinion, yes. Um, I know that London had the... In, actually, in my opinion, Philly had the lower bracket run that, that London should have had. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, obviously the circumstances didn't pan out that way. Um, but, I, you know, I, I've seen their rush comp. I've seen their rush comp. Their rush comp is not good. They only, they only thrive as a team when they're popping off individually. Um, obviously, Abelis Rea is is one of the best ball players in the league. He's he's a good ball player, um, but I don't think that I don't think in a one v one between both teams, there's a scenario where Philly really wins unless they get. Unless MN3 just goes absolutely nuts and Bellas Rea goes absolutely nuts simultaneously. If it's just one of them, I think if London is playing to their strengths, um, I don't think there's a scenario where London loses that matchup. But we'll, the world may never know now uh, that they, they lost in the second round of the, of the lower bracket. Right. You know, I mean, at this point, it's certainly all hypotheticals. And what does it matter anyway? Because it's over. But I do think that, like... Florida was the one hurdle London needed to climb over uh -huh. to have a really reasonable shot at winning their way through the losers bracket. I think they probably could have beaten Atlanta again. There's no way they could have beaten Gladiators. No, um, one hundred percent. No, I don't. I don't think that London makes it to grand finals in that scenario. But I do think if they beat Florida, they coast their way through the losers. Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about this. There was a scenario where they were absolutely top four. Like, there was a yeah. scenario in that lower bracket run where they were absolutely top four and probably should have been, but ultimately it just didn't pan out because they, they dropped the ball against Mayhem. And it's not even that they dropped the ball until the last map. It's, it's that Checkmate and Xe and, and someone were just like, hey, we want to win today. And they, they, and they won. Yeah. So my last little question here is, we know the patch they play on in summer is going to be different. We don't know what that patch is yet. Yes. We're assuming we're probably going to see some Arisa or some Junker Queen, probably a little bit less Tracer, but it's kind of early to tell what support lineups are going to look like. My question for you, London has found a lot of success on the backbone back of bone backs back. So if Zen gets nerfed, does London have anything? Uh... Honestly, it depends on how everything else shakes out with the meta. I I am currently still theory crafting. Um, I'm currently I'm typing out this question so that it's on screen for us. Uh, but anyway, um, it depends on how the rest of the meta shakes out. I I'm gonna be honest with you. They did nerf Zen, but they only took 25 uh points off of his health. Um, yeah. everything else still is as is. So I am pretty confident at this point. I like, I'm like 90% on this that I think Zenana is still going to be what we see at large in the next meta. Um, 
with that said, it's going to really, really, really depend on how the tank situation shapes out. I have a hard time seeing a, a world in which Ryan is going to still be strong. Um, but then again, I'm still not confident that the changes that they made to Arisa and Junker Queen and even the existence of Junker Queen are going to be enough to really force either of them into the, uh, into the pro meta. Because the pros just find the different way of doing things because they're hyper-coordinated. And I don't know if the new changes really lend themselves to that. I can't... I'm not confident in it. I I want to say that the answer to the actual question, can London win without, out, without Zen? Mm, solid maybe. Solid maybe. There is... It, it's, it's 100% dependent on what else happens with the pro meta. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I, I think that's that's a great take my thought is london doesn't need zen to run rush no so if rush is viable london will look great yes. we have yet to see london's dive look good without bone back on zen so i i need to see uh, you know maybe zen stays viable maybe backbone's good on other flex support heroes maybe Landon and Admiral, maybe Admiral can play something other than Lucio. Uh, you know, like there's definitely possibility there, but my biggest concern for London future wise is if Zen becomes less of the viable support pick, what happens to their dive comp and who can play main support? Yeah. I mean, I, they don't, we know that they don't have the budget to pick up another player. Um, I don't know. I I I think there's. I just think there's a world in which London just exists in a state of pretty solid, and I don't think for a while, unless unless the meta shifts specifically in their favor, or God, maybe maybe Hottie's just you know the the Giga Chad on Junker Queen or Arisa, and and it doesn't even matter. But like, you know, there's a world where they're just really solid, but they can't touch the top teams. And that might be the story for the duration of the season. We don't know. I, I, I don't think they need... I do think that a big portion of what they do relies on, on Boneback. I, I think Zen is just such a strong pick that having that in their pocket is just... It's, 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 a, win, it's a win condition in and of itself. But otherwise, I don't know. I, I just... I, like I said, this going into the next meta is going to be huge. And I think we're going to see a really big shift in who goes where um, to some degree. Specifically in the mid-tier teams. I don't think the top is going to matter much, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. I, right. I don't have much else to say. We've run pretty long, so let's knock yeah. out power, uh, rankings. power rankings and call it a day. So typically we would do some predictions here. Overwatch League doesn't come back till the 11th, so none of that for you. But right. uh, today, power rankings. Let's just I, top down this. Top, top down this. Top down? I, I think... I think uh, LA Glads and and uh Shock are pretty definitively at the top. I I I will I will put LA above them because they won. I will also say it's probably no particular order, um but that's just me simping for the Shock. I think these two teams, no matter what you do going into the next meta, I, these two teams are going to pioneer the next meta in some way. Um you know, their success is going to be, you know, in, at large kind of on the shoulders of of the DPS players and what the DPS meta ends up being. 
So maybe I'll regret this in in the future. But I think these are the top two team top two teams in the league in the world right now. And then there's a tier break. <laughs> I think yeah, there's a tier there's break. A big fat tier break right there. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna be mean. I'm gonna put two. I'm gonna put two full tier break sections in this, and we're gonna call it. We're gonna call it a day. Don't at me or do. I don't care. Um, and then we have what is a, a lot closer. Um, yeah. So here's where we start to get into like, where does APAC actually line up with NA? Because I know everybody's hype on APAC right now, and I just don't believe it. I think that Dallas is better than everybody in APAC, and Dallas didn't look great. Um, I think... Fuck it. I think London's better than everybody in APAC. At me, nerds. I do. I would take London over Seoul Dynasty. I said it. Fair enough. I said uh, it out loud. Let me, like, vaguely get a, get these in, in a rough order here. Um, I am, uh, again, inclined to agree with you to an extent um i think i think this huge chunk of mid teams um is it's oh i get the spark in there too i think this huge chunk of mid teams does include the top four apac teams why is chung doing there get out of here um i think yeah i think they that this does include the top four apac teams because but i will give you that they are towards the bottom of those power rankings um i i'm inclined to still put soul towards the top of them um despite their performance in the midseason madness um it wasn't a strong performance but you cannot deny the fact that they have had again outside of of this they have had a very very solid run in the regular season um i just think they had a bad showing that's you know it's a tournament sometimes that happens hard to say from two matches that they're they're really the worst of the apac teams um i think they're above shanghai i think they're probably now below uh the spark and i would go so far as to say philly is probably tied with soul i'm gonna put philly below soul because I'm not convinced. I'm not swayed by all of the hopium from this tournament. Um, nope. I think they rode a very, very comfortable bracket for the most part. And then, then they got 3-1 to uh, to Atlanta. Um, so we're going to give them... I'm going to call those four in that order in this tier. Now, who goes above them? London Spitfire goes above them. Dallas Fuel goes... Ah, crap. So I'm... Um- yeah, right. Okay. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. I'm relooking at at the tournament. I'm looking at standings. I'm looking at schedules. Okay. Dallas looked like ass this whole phase. Yes. Agreed. Fully. I don't know if I expect Dallas to get much better in the next phase because Dallas looks like a team struggling to play fives. They look like they were better at sixes than they were at fives. I agree. Full agree. Um, I think. London and Atlanta are better than Dallas. Agreed. So I would say, and I, you know what, I'll I'll say Atlanta is better than uh, than London. Yes, I, I think Atlanta diffs London. I agree. So I I would say Atlanta, London, Seoul. Did you have Seoul Hangzhou or Seoul Shanghai? I had I had uh, Spark Seoul and then Philly Shanghai. Okay, okay. So I would go. I would go Atlanta, London, 
That's that's where and we're then at. I would go Spark Soul, Dallas, Philly, Shanghai. That's yep, that's where we're at. I, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. And now we have <clears throat> two more outliers in here. The Houston Outlaws, which I will say, uh, additionally, probably better than, uh, you know what? I'm going to put them between, I'm going to put them between uh, Spark and Soul. I think, okay. that, I think that's fair. I'll put them. They, you know, I, I think they're they're. I, I, go ahead. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because putting them above Spark and Soul says that Houston is better than Dallas, and mm. I don't know if I agree with that. I think I might put Houston right below Dallas. Okay. Okay. Here, let's let's do it this way. Let's we're we're talking we're talking midseason power rankings going into the next meta. So, um. We we haven't talked about this much going into the next meta. The the the, the Doom Tay, the Don Tank question. Um if 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 uh Junker Queen proves to be as solid as, as she was for quick play matches, um and is truly part of the meta the next phase. Mm, more doom tank i think that's, that's fair uh, yeah i which which puts me in a weird spot because houston's entire success is on the back of of don tank um don tank they, and merit sojourn yeah they don't look particularly great when piggy is in play um i really hate pigma i hate pigma so much in both name and in concept uh his 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 Ryan's okay, and he's he does his job pretty all right on Winston as well. But their their success hinges a lot on the bank on the back of Dante and their DPS. And Sojourn still should be strong going into the next meta. I they I don't think there's a scenario where someone overtakes Sojourn as a as a better pick with the other choices. I could be wrong. Obviously, we're theory crafting here. I don't know. Houston had a decent showing. I I don't I think I still agree with you that they're they're not better than Dallas. Uh so I will put them I'll put them between Dallas and Philadelphia. I won't do we need, I won't do that. I'm putting them do below we need Philly. To move, do we need to move Soul down? No. No, no, no. Okay. I think I think Atlanta, London, Spark, uh Dynasty Fuel, Philly, Outlaws is relatively fair and then Dragons and Mayhem probably fine with leaving mayhem where they are i think in this tier they are still at the bottom of that tier i know that they beat london i know i know that they did that i don't think that they beat shanghai i don't think that you know, they. go ahead yeah you're good you're good um we said it a bunch it's xy man yeah and like honestly xy's a great hit scan player but he's a great hit scan player when he shows up yep. and he doesn't always show up that's it's, it's exactly it you know, we they did they don't beat Shanghai, they didn't beat Philadelphia, um, so I yeah I don't see I don't see a scenario where I can put them higher than that. And then we have another tier break, and then we have all of the, the then we have um, the clowniest fiesta, which I'm not going to dive too deep in. Actually, I lied. There is one thing that I'm going to change here. I'm going to do a tier break. I'm going to do Toronto Defiant, and then another tier break. <laughs> You know, okay, so I wanted to bring that up. 
I I think that that tier is a little bit bigger, but I do think there are two bottom tiers. Um, I would put Toronto, Washington, Boston, and Chengdu in a tier, not necessarily in that order, but in a tier above New York, Paris, Vancouver, L.A., and Guangzhou. And I say that because Toronto and Boston have the right amount of team synergy that if they're really on it, they can beat any other team in that bracket, right? They can beat any other team in that that tier and also stomp Paris or Vancouver or whoever. Um, and then Washington and Chengdu don't have the team synergy, but have the individual player effort that, like, if Decay fucking pops off or whoever is on Chengdu right now, that's still Leave is Leave on Chengdu. If Leave pops off, then they can beat anybody in that tier and still blow uh, Paris, Vancouver, L.A. I'm Joe out of the water. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take this a step further. I'm gonna take this step because we keep like drop we we keep dropping back to like where we were and saying you know talking about what they've already done not what they're about to do. Um, I am going to I'm not gonna do two separate tiers here. I'm gonna put Toronto at the very bottom of that upper mid tier. Um, okay. At the very Fair. bottom because they have been on the up and up. I think there is a scenario where they are more competitive. Uh, going into the next stage, um, because they have been performing better week by week for the uh, for the past month at least um and i am not going to move i'm not moving washington justice vancouver i'm not moving any of them around right now other than in that bottom tier i'm going to call this bottom tier ambiguous tier um because there are so many just problems at foot afoot with these teams largely with the coaching we've talked about that at length that washington needs to fix something with their coaching because it is like it is it is like uh supreme isn't even watching the matches in real time um boston they have moments of brilliance but like those moments of brilliance aren't enough to overcome like they still can't beat any of these mid teams they can't do it they they would lose to toronto they have lost to toronto they would lose to every single other team on in that upper bracket right now i don't see a world in which they come back and that changes in um in the coming uh in the coming stage Chengdu, same deal. It's like, yeah, if if leave pops off, great. But if leave doesn't pop off, then no go. Vancouver, I want to give them more credit, but I just don't know what they're going to do yet. If they if they do something that makes sense, I'm willing to change my opinion on this. You know, they, they're liable to go up and down. Guangzhou is restructuring. Same deal. And and much, the same thing can be said for just about everything else on this list. I, I, I can't put any of them above it because... Anytime one of these these teams faces another one of these teams, it's just going to be the same story. We're going to watch a lot of things that that go good, a lot of th- and a lot more things that go wrong. And at the end, we're all going to be left wondering, why did we just spend two hours watching that? Yep. Uh, so okay. yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, what I was going to say there is, so who is at the top of your bottom tier right now? Washington. Washington I, this bottom tier again. This is ambiguous. This could go up or down, but generally speaking, I'm I'm inclined to put Washington at the top of it. Let me let me give you this argument. As a Washington Justice fan, I think Chengdu is better than Washington. 
good enough. That's good enough for me. <laughs> that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I fully agree. But I think Chengdu is better. I think, I think, Chengdu has a better chance of beating Shanghai Shanghai Dragons than the Justice have of beating Toronto Defiant. I I'll go with that. Yeah, I go yep. with that. I'll I go mean, with that's, that. And, and that sucks. I love the Justice. That sucks. It sucks. But oh my god, unless something changes in Washington. Hey man, this game hey. is pain. This game is pain. You just it gotta so <laughs> You roll it's with them so punches. Yeah. Alright, so do you wanna do you wanna give us the top to bottom readout? What do we All have right. here? So we have at the very tippity top, we have Los Angeles Gladiators, San Francisco Shock. That's pretty much unanimous, no arguments there. Um two two tier breaks, because I really do think that they're that much higher uh ab- above everybody else at this point. Um, Atlanta Rain, London, Spark, and Seoul, the top four in the second tier, followed closely by Philly, Outlaws, Dragons, Mayhem, and then bringing us up at the bottom of the mid-tier teams is Toronto Defiant. Who knows? They might they might climb or fall next next uh, next stage. We'll we'll see. And then in the last tier, in no particular order, but like kind of a little bit of an order, are Chengdu Hunters, Washington Justice, Boston Uprising. The Vancouver Titans, Charge, Eternal, Valiant, and New York Excelsior. Those I got really lazy with those last few. They're just kind of there. I, I don't think anybody there is better than anybody else. I, I really am like sticking to my guns on these teams can go, you know, I either direction, depending on which way the wind is blowing. So you know, not much of the the most. They're they're kind of like like weak rankings, if we're being honest, at the bottom there. But uh, this is how it plays out sometimes. So that's what we're saying. I that's that is your official uh, spectator diff power rankings going into the new meta. Um, if you don't like it, this is a dictatorship, not a democracy. Um, it's too bad. <laughs> this is where we've planted our flags, so we can only become a more reliable overwatch league podcast from here true either we're really right and we have a lot of validity to begin with or we get better those are the only two options true i will say story i, I mean i i think that um oh one of my alarms went off let me start that sentence over i think that you're right to put vancouver as high as you did if there's any team in this lower bracket that's gonna climb and redefine themselves this phase it's vancouver um, you know, this will be the first time Dpay's really had enough time with a team to turn them. So, yep. Um, if anything changes, that'll be it. But I think I feel pretty good about those. And you cool to wrap it up? Yeah, I think I'll so. Wrap it up if you're cool. Yeah. All right. So, like before, before you do the outro, let's just let like thank you or anybody that watches this going forward, listens to this going forward. Obviously, this is the this is the rough take day because it's our pilot episode. So, yeah. uh, a, a heartfelt thank you and and howdy do to anybody listening to this. Um, we can only we can only go up from here. Much like the Vancouver Titans, there is nowhere to go <laughs> but up. So exactly. You know, uh, so thank you for that. And uh, Matt, I'll let you just like uh, close us off here. Yeah, man, that will do it for the inaugural episode of Spectator Diff. Again, please subscribe to us here on YouTube and like the video and do the comments and all of those. It's been a minute since I've done a YouTube channel. So do all them YouTube things, kids. Uh, And if you're listening to the audio show, subscribe to your podcast app of choice. Brief note about the audio show. It'll probably be two to three weeks 
from when we're recording this pilot episode now before the audio feed becomes regular uh, podcast feeds just take longer to set up than YouTube channels. So that'll be happening. But you can follow me on socials at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. And me on uh, so all socials at last call underscore gaming. And until next time, just remember, we're better at watching Overwatch than you. <laughs> See ya. Bye, everybody.